Aldous Huxley was an English writer and philosopher. He wrote nearly 50 books. And here's his quote about history. That men do not learn very much from the lessons of history is the most important of all the lessons of history. Welcome to the History Slices Podcast. A mother-son duo discussing awesome bits of history. We prove on every show that history is not boring. Entertaining, yet stimulating. This is History Slices. And now, here's your hosts, Jacob and Rachel. Hi, Jacob. Hey, Mom. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing well. I ask you that every time. Every <laughs> time, you're doing really great. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's a, just a mask to hide my inner torment and <laughs> suffering. No, uh, the thing is, there's not... Too much stuff, crazy stuff going on. Yeah. So in comparison, it's all yeah. good. Hallelujah. Um, yeah. And we're glad for that. I okay. still have all my limbs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know you're getting over being sick. I can still hear it a little bit. But a little bit, yeah, but that's fine. That happens. Yeah, we're good to go. Okay, so uh, topic for today. Yes. Uh, if you remember from last time, we're going to be talking about a subject as near dear to my heart. It's very hilarious to be <laughs> a bit of, uh, uh, how do they say it? Scaffold, I think that German term for like humor at the expense of other people. Oh, <laughs> leave my it to goodness. the Germans to you have know, a word I, for that. <laughs> I didn't actually know that there was a word for that. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, basically, we're talking about end of the world predictions. Now, mm. I don't know if you're aware of this, mom, but the world hasn't ended yet <laughs> <laughs> as of uh, recording this. Although we have felt like it could have a time or two, especially I, in last year. <laughs> I think. Every generation, and there's a lot of these. We're not going to talk about all of them because, good lord! But every generation has had that feeling where, like, oh, this could be it, you know. You know, I remember when I was, uh, I think it was in late junior high, early high school. There was a rumor going around that somebody had predicted that the world was going to end, and like it was going to end at midnight that night. I just remember just this odd feeling, like everybody seemed to know about this rumor, and maybe it was going to be true. You know, it was just the weirdest feeling. That was my first knowledge of this type of thing yeah throughout history there's been so many different people in a variety of cultures and faiths and like all over the place that have predicted the world and it raises the question of why this is such a reoccurring thing that people do there's been a couple like theories that have been put forward as to why why this keeps happening yeah um and Honestly, I think it isn't one particular thing. It's probably several things. And when you look at like some of the examples that we're going to cover today, you know, you, you could see this. Sometimes people are pussy to the agenda, like uh, they're scapegoating a particular group of people or they're trying to keep the masses attention off something else going on. You uh -huh. know, like I'm not saying that governments do this, but like some authority figures will sometimes be like, look, all this terrible stuff is happening because group X or whatever, you know, and it kind of keeps, I don't know if it's still applicable to the day times, but at yeah. least in a historical context, it kind of kept a lot of the groups or the masses attention off of like other problems going on or whatever. So related to, because I can see um, all these things are happening and we're blaming group X for it just in politics and society, but it actually got to the point where groups were being blamed for these into the world, like the end of the world is coming and it's because of group X. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, like back in medieval times, a lot of like friends predictions for like into the world blame the British. 
Okay. And a lot of Christian predictions for in the world, again, back in medieval times, blame the Jews. Like, you know, there's this, like, old rivalries or old, like, groups that did not get along. Hmm. And whenever, like, these type of thought would come up, it'd be like, well, it's obviously going to be their fault. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but a different reason why some people do this is psychological, right? Like on a more personal level. Yeah, on a more mental um, level, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, because sometimes people, I'm not saying that everyone does this always, but sometimes people will, with a lot of separate individual problems, will mentally combine them and make one giant problem because it's easier to comprehend. And, and handle in a way. Or, or at least give the appearance of being able to handle. Hmm. You I know. think dad would call that spiraling. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm understanding. I'm just trying to wrap my head around a scenario where there's a lot of little problems and kind of put it all in one bucket. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, this is okay. It's less in the world stuff, but I do know that a lot of, what's the polite way of saying this? Fanatical people <laughs> will sometimes group a lot of different things that they don't like into one thing, even if that doesn't really make sense. Okay. Because they're like, you know, an example of this, again, it's not really, it's a little separate from what we're talking about, but um, do you know who Zach Tick is? Or no. Was? He was a, um, he made a lot of little, call them tracks, they're like little comics, and basically he railed against Catholics against homosexuals, against people who played role-playing games, against Muslims, like a whole bunch of people that he had a problem with. Uh-huh. Uh, and he grouped them all together as one mm. big satanic conspiracy thing okay. going on. Okay. They're really fun to read. But, um, <laughs> you know, but it's kind of like that delusion of like... Um, sort of associating things that don't belong together, together. Yeah. Just, and just, I get it. Okay, yeah. that makes that makes sense. Yeah. So that's that's one reason people do this. Also, some people have just suffer paranoia, you know, mm-hmm. like they just have like mental issues with that. There is an I believe at least an innate human fascination with being scared. You know, that's why horror movies and related stories are so popular. Mm. You know, it, it, it gets that um, it's an adrenaline. Oh, kick okay, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, or adrenaline. You know, it's just you know, it's a bit of a rush. It's just the brain a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, it's not like a major reason, but it probably doesn't mm-hmm, help. Mm-hmm. And also, more at re- least fuels the fascination for like somebody proclaiming into the world and people get excited about it. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. And also, at least more recently, uh, pop culture romanticizes a lot of, you know, post-apocalyptic stuff, you know, True. like the Fallout games, I Am Legend, The Walking Dead, which is very popular, you know, society's collapsed, you know, that type of... um stories are pretty common and they've been common for a while. Like I remember, I don't know if you remember this. It's a little more your generation. I think Stephen King's book, the stand. Oh yes. I actually read that. Yeah. Like yeah. that's basically into a, after the end of the world. Sorry. It's <laughs> sort a pre uh, predecessor to things like the walking dead mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. You're right. There's just so much. Isn't I wonder if what you're describing is the same as like dystopian novels, like the hunger games and, yeah. I, there's overlap, not quite, I think. Yeah. A lot of, not that I've read a lot, but from my understanding, a lot of dystopian works, the dystopian question exists because society has undergone a major change or collapse or okay. whatever. Yeah. There is the Bible stance on trying to predict the world is very interesting to me. And the reason I'm bringing this up, 
because obviously not everyone who's predicted in the world is religious or other people who are religious and all of them are Christian. Uh, but the reason I'm bringing this up is because some of the ones we're going to look at are Christian or at least identify as such. Okay. But it's interesting to me, Matthew 24, 36 states that no one can know when the end of the world's coming. Like not even angels know. Like that's a, that's a strict confidentiality yeah. thing. It's pretty clear. It's yeah, pretty, it's pretty clear in the Bible. Yeah. And you'll see that a lot where like, we're going to get a little more into it later on when we start talking about Harold Camping. Um, but <laughs> I have things to say about that guy. But it bothers me that a lot of non-religious people, when they look at religion, see these kind of out there people saying all this crazy stuff and they think, oh, they're all like that. And I'm like, no, no, no. Whenever like something like this happens, at least in the more modern times, maybe not so much medieval times, but more modern times, most religions, major religions, distance themselves from that. They're like, no, we're not, we're not saying that. It's this yeah. guy saying that stuff. Yeah. That can go for so many things though, honestly, it's true, like yeah. uh, stereotyping anything, you know, mm -hmm. all hunters, think x or yeah. you know all you know whatever yeah all the, americans are like this yeah or, yeah there's just a danger uh, yeah, in doing all, that all gin xers yeah, are like this exactly you know, whatever yeah. you just have to be super careful because we're all individuals obviously with individual mm -hmm. thoughts hopefully yeah <laughs> yeah and like shared culture and beliefs is definitely a theme but even then there's so many different subcategories and people just being their own person mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. despite identifying with one right, thing or another right. or several things that, yeah it's always several things yeah but it, it's it's real fascinating to me but it's also like frustrating because i'm like see this isn't this doesn't paint a group of people in a positive light and i know that's inaccurate you know so it's <laughs> yeah. just like ah it is it really is frustrating so um like i said I'm not going to talk about predictions because some predictions have been made like hundred years ago or whatever that, you know, world, it, it, the year 30,000 or whatever, you know, some predictions in the past, that date has yet to come up. Okay. I'm not going to talk about those because right. that's future stuff. And this is a history. Right. Podcast. And the title of this episode is failed. failed. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. don't know. Maybe they're right. Probably <laughs> not, but you don't know. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through a timeline of different people having this idea and kind of publicizing it, I okay. guess is the right word for it. Sure. Announcing it publicly. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just keep it to themselves. <laughs> so one thing is I was having trouble finding a good source for this. So maybe take this with more of a grain of salt. But um, from some of the stuff I've read and some of my research, there's this idea that some early Christians like Jesus disciples and stuff had the idea that Christ would return within their lifetime. I think there's something like biblical. I'm not an expert, but I think it's only biblical about like you won't taste death or something like that until, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. something that's very easy to interpret different ways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, obviously that didn't happen as far as we know. Um, but um, yeah, so that's kind of like an early one I was looking at uh, later on, like into more of a uh, medieval times, you know, like after the whole Rome's powerhouse thing going on the year 1000 it's a real sexy number you know yeah. it sounds cool it's, it's like the number 10 but on steroids yeah well it's like <laughs> if you read old science fiction comics or stories from like the 1950s 
the year 2000 is like, oh, that's so crazy. It's going to have like spaceships and Jetsons. And, and when you got to actual year 2000, this is kind of bland with some like poorly made music videos. It's yeah. like, okay. And what was that? Uh, 2YK. Yeah. That was another one. Yeah. We're gonna, well, we could talk about cool. that okay. later. But, okay. So you're a thousand. Also, people thought that, well, if year zero, which isn't really on the calendar, but if year zero is the birth of Christ, this would be a thousand years after Christ. It, it, again, sexy number. It's a round number. It makes sense. Yeah. Nowadays, a lot of um, historians and people who study this stuff for a living and aren't amateurs like me uh, think <laughs> that um, the year count might actually be off by like a few years or so. Mm-hmm. So even then, it might probably wasn't actually like the anniversary yeah but, yeah it just yeah. doesn't sound it's not as catchy to say the end of the world's gonna be 1003 yeah, <laughs> as a, yeah. Or as the year 1000 yeah yeah so a few decades later 1033 or 1033 i'm not sure yeah, i just yeah. say that a lot of christians were like okay well if it's not a thousand years after the birth of christ maybe it's a thousand years after the death of christ and traditionally I don't know how much evidence from like a theological or historical sense this is, but traditionally 33 AD is like the year given for like the crucifixion and all that. Anyways, so they thought, oh, 1033, this is going to be it. It wasn't. <laughs> uh, you're going to hear us a lot. It wasn't. <laughs> so time passed on. Pope Innocent III. Uh, first of all, a side note, there's been so many popes that some of them are kind of notorious for being really wacky. Um, mm. But this guy, he, I, okay, to give an example. I don't remember the exact names of them, but one pope dug up the corpse of another pope to put on trial because he had beef with him. And it was just like, it wow. basically ruined his reputation because people were like, this is weird. It was like. So strange. It, yeah, there's been some wacky popes. The, the one pope that was a Borgia, I think, was just like, he just had orgies and stuff in his, in the, in the, the chapels that he got basically, I don't know if he got booted out, but people were like, really not okay Isn't with that. Isn't that crazy? That's just really crazy. Uh, yeah. What did they say? He was what? Uh, oh, a Borgia. Uh, it, it was like a Ritz Italian family from like oh. the Renaissance. Oh, okay. Very influential. Okay. All right. I wasn't familiar I, with that Yeah, name. I can't remember the names of it because I wasn't looking at that, but whatever. Yeah. Pope Innocent III. So. He made a claim that the world would end 666 years after the rise of Islam. Obviously, number of the beast there, mm-hmm. which, again, a lot of theologians nowadays are of the opinion that that was more of a reference to Nero, who was emperor, I believe, at the time Revelation was written or around that time. And he was notoriously anti-Christian, throw them to the lions, that stuff. And on his coins and stuff was that the 666 because he was like the what was it like that was his number of like the lineage or whatever it was but it was just like there's been some debate as to like how unholy of a number quote unquote that number is compared to how it's just been kind of a zab at the at the time enemy number uno of christianity yeah yeah. you know it's a whole nother theme yeah that's that's all by itself would be an interesting study to look into the yeah yeah also the islam theme and this is interesting because i believe this was at the time when a lot of christians had a misconception about islam and muhammad and were of the belief you see this in the divine comedy by dante they're of the belief that islam was like split off from christianity like it was like a splinter theme mm-hmm. when in reality it was more of a uh, I'm not sure how you call it. Like a, uh, it came up on its own, basically. Mm. It wasn't like an engineered thing or anything mm. like that. Regardless, that would have, according to Pope Innocent III's 
idea that would basically put the end of the world around 1284 or so. Okay, um, around 1284. Okay. Yeah. So I just thought it was interesting that a pope had a prediction. Especially like since the Bible says mm-hmm. yeah. well, that's the thing <laughs> that like nobody a, knows the date. Yeah, that's the thing with a lot of these. I'm like, what about Matthew? Whatever, mm. 24, whatever mm. it was. You know, I really forgot. Um, and so that just like for people in leadership in in a religion that bases their mm-hmm. belief on the Bible, that's really interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to think when the Reformation was. Um, the reason I, I'm bringing this up is because I know that with the printing press, which I believe was after this, I think it, I think for sure it was after 12 something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the printing press made the Bible a lot more accessible to a lot more Mm -hmm, people. mm -hmm. And before it was just kind of like, well, either you spoke Latin and had to be trained to speak Latin or whatever, and were a priest, you know, like if you're just like one of the masses, you had to kind of go off what they said Mm -hmm. and just took that trust, at face yeah, trust value. What they say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's also might be some of that stuff going on going ahead of it. These are all quick examples yeah, because yeah. there's a lot and uh-huh. I had to trip down just tremendously. Yeah. So Christopher Columbus, may you remember him. We talked about him a little Who bit. Who doesn't know Christopher Columbus yeah. in the United States? Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I'll try not to I'll try to quell my raging heart against oh, him. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, he wrote a book called, and it has a, I believe, Spanish title. So I'll, I'll make an attempt to pronounce it. It's in English, it's a book of prophecies. It's El Libro de las Profecias. Is that correct? That's not bad. El Libro de las Profecias. Yeah, maybe? yeah. Or Profecias. I'm not sure, sure depending on where the accent is. Yeah, well, book of prophecies, basically. And what it was is it wasn't really so much pro. It wasn't like Nostradamus where he wrote like a bunch of stuff. Yeah. It was more like, this is me, me being Christopher Columbus, reading the book of Revelation and thinking I know what's up. And let me <laughs> let me explain why. World's going to end 1656, first of all. Mark it down. (laughs) (laughs) He wrote this book. I can't remember all of his reason, rationales for it, but he wrote this book near the end of his life, like after the whole New World excursion Mm -hmm. stuff. And when we were doing that episode, I had no idea this thing was a thing. Isn't that fascinating? You learn something new every day. Yeah. Next example we're going to go into, one of my favorites. Her name is Mary Bateman. She was an English... Ne'er do well, I suppose. He got accused <laughs> of being a wits. Uh, see what's like poisoned some people with a pudding. It was like a oh whole, gosh. a lot of crazy stuff associated with this girl. She lived from 1768 to 1809. She was a former servant girl, so she knew how to read and write and stuff. It wasn't as common among women at the time. What she's well known for, I think, at least in terms of this stuff, is in 1806, he made a hoax about a hen. Now, didn't you say, did she die in 1806 or 1809? 1809. Oh, okay. So it's just a little bit before. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So she made a hoax about a hen. Yes, a female chicken. This is actually called the prophet hen of Leeds because that's where she was at the time. But so this is what happened. So this this chicken kept laying these eggs with the words written on them saying Christ is coming. (laughs) More than one egg? Yeah. Like he kept laying them. Yeah. Yeah. And it. People would come around and they'd watch and the chicken would lay the egg and there it is. Like they, you know, it wasn't like, oh, look at this egg. It was like they laid it with that down. Well, they realized quickly what was going on. It's a bit gross, but she had written the words on the egg and then just kind of pushed it into the chicken. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that like an hour or two or whenever, like people had gathered around, it would all be set up. 
Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I don't know why she was Sounds doing like this. Sounds like animal abuse. I would agree. Yes. I don't know why she was doing this. Um, How odd. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what happens when you don't have television to entertain you. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might have been like a Tidson. Um He's known for like a bus. He robbed some people, scammed some people. Apparently, and this is a real nasty thing he did. See, there was a major fire in the aftermath of that fire. She would go around asking for money for the victims of the fire and then just keep the money. Wow, so just a scoundrel. Yes, he was just a scoundrel. No, what, uh, what did again did the egg say? What did she uh, remember? Christ is coming. Okay. And also, um, people have claimed, I, I couldn't find anything that like C claimed this, but maybe C did, that C, um, Provided abortions to women and stuff. Mm. She's busy in her She's busy, few yeah. decades. So that's life. fun. <laughs> like she's just doing like a bunch of crazy stuff. Uh. <laughs> All right. So the next one is another um, another woman named Joanna Southcott. She was a prophet, self-titled. This makes you think she was like a cult leader, but whatever. <laughs> uh, she claimed her followers that she was pregnant with uh, the child of Jesus. Mm. This is a bit suspect if you know like anything about <laughs> religion. That's quite a claim. It is, yeah. Uh, See, so had some followers, like some of them, not like known to us, but were known at the time. Like they have articles on Wikipedia, you know, like they wow. have names. Wow. Anyways, she said that her child, Jesus's kid, would be born October 19th, 1814. And that would begin kind of the end times. It'll begin heralding like, mm. like into the world stuff. Keep in mind, she was 64 at the time. So it was an older woman. And she passed away before she could give birth. Wow. When they performed an autopsy on her, they found out she wasn't pregnant at all. So, yeah, that was a lie then. Wow. What a mixed up. I know, right? I, I'm not even sure where to start with the mixed up part of that. Like, I was thinking, okay, she's pregnant. So what does she do with the guy, the dad? Yeah. Okay, so there wasn't really a dad. but And then she was 64, so I was thinking, well, really, you know. I, but there's just so many different directions. It's a that crazy seems weird. story. Yeah, it is a crazy story. Yeah. How interesting that she died, though, before the she pregnancy. was older, was, but yeah. Yeah, but still. Wow. No, I, I don't know. It's just one of those scenes that, like, I can't imagine. And she was convincing enough for people to believe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I can't get it that, like, at the time, people are more religious and more willing to be into that. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but there's also logic. Like, re- being religious doesn't mean you're not a rational person. So that was uh, Joanna. And finally, uh, there was what's called the Great Disappointment. <laughs> and, and you know it's going to be good with a name like that. Yeah. So there was this Baptist preacher by the name of William Miller. He had started a movement, um, like the Millerite movement, I think it's called. And he began making an announcement. He, how he came to this is the same reason a couple of these people came to it, is that he's just obsessed over, like, Revelation and, the, mm-hmm. you know, uh, certain passages in Scripture and started connecting dots that probably weren't there or weren't meant to be connected mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. Regardless, he got some more followers, and he announced that Jesus Christ would return to Earth in 1844, or by that year at least. And, again, enough people kind of bought it up, not as much as Joanna, which we just talked about. I think her group was a lot smaller. But there's enough people that were like, oh, that makes sense, you know. I think it helped that he was already a preacher. And right. He probably he, had some clout mm-hmm, already. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, gosh. That didn't happen, obviously. And but he was still alive when that 
his date came. Some of these people died before, like mm-hmm. their predicts, like that Pope I mentioned. Yeah, he was Columbus. dead by the time that that date came around. So they never got to see whether they, or not it was true. Yeah, this guy did, mm-hmm. and he's like, okay. This, you know, my math was off basically. So, uh, yeah, this was like, this <laughs> was like a, this was a test say. of faith. So, it's actually going to, he moved the date up, uh, you know, like, or like, let's ask how about this date. And it didn't happen either. And eventually, like, he had to admit that he was wrong. Um, mm. And it's called like the great disappointment because a lot of people were like bummed out because they were hoping to, hoping for like the rapture to happen and revelation mm. and all that mm. stuff and enter the kingdom of heaven or whatever. Yeah. I get the feeling that some of these people are just want to experience that, you know, and mm. can't stand the thought of not being in that time. That's interesting. That's, that's interesting. That could be one thing. Mm-hmm. There might also be people who just really like to know what's going to happen. Like, yeah, um, there's that if, well. if you believe that it's going to happen at a certain time, that feels like, well, that's not an uncertain thing anymore. Yeah. Um, so I know what's going to happen. I can plan my life around this. And this. that's where the problem comes in where people yeah. start to, playing their life around to see that this is going to happen. Right. It's a messing them up. Yeah. Uh, and I honestly believe um, Miller thought it was going to be, he wasn't asking for money. It wasn't like a scam mm-hmm. thing. Like some of these I think are. He seemed genuine. He seems genuine. And he like had made statements about like himself being disappointed mm. and being like, I guess I don't really know. Yeah. Um, so he was apologetic afterwards. Yeah. He yeah. owned up to it. So, Moving on to more of a modern era, Halley's Comet. It's passed by the Earth a couple times. Like every 70 years or something like that? Something like that. In 1910, it was found out that um, it would be passing very close to the Earth. And like, I think its tail would end up, you know, Earth would pass its tail or something along those Mm. lines. And some newspapers, no doubt trying to sell papers, they made a claim that like it'll have negative effects and be poisonous to to breathe. And a lot of people started to buy gas masks, anti-comet pills, which I don't know what, (laughs) anti-comet umbrellas, which seems even more (laughs) practical. Like just, you know, people start freaking out about it. And then enterprising people are like, oh, I can sell stuff off this, you know, turn a profit. It was a big hubaloo. The comet passed. And I think we did pass to its tail, but there wasn't any negative side effects at least not that we could tell so <laughs> i'm trying to picture what a comet proof umbrella looks know. like or something like I that don't know. <laughs> it's just sounds like someone doesn't know what a comet is honestly yeah. and uh, just as an aside there's times like that in history where you know gosh something terrible is going to happen so we try to prepare like the end of there's this coming so we have to try to prepare so we're going to buy gas masks and masks and umbrellas or bomb shelters or whatever mm-hmm. it's like i think when it comes it's like i don't think we're gonna be able to avoid it you know yeah yeah i mean it's nice to try to be prepared like, yeah self-preservation is sir, a thing well like i'm thinking of recently we went been through a historic ice storm mm-hmm. i think it's called mm-hmm. and we weren't very prepared at <laughs> all we, and really we, we could have we could have had some more like cans or whatever stocked up i don't know something but we didn't really. Luckily, we managed to get through it pretty much unscathed. Mm-hmm. Just a little sort of discomfort. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I think there is definitely something to be said about trying to be prepared. But it's also like after a certain point, it's like, well, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. It's it's tricky. Yeah. Um, Good point. There's another uh, example, slightly more reasonable than some of the other ones. When uh, during the Second World War, 
when they were um, at the Trinity test site, you know, and testing this new super weapon, the atomic bomb, there was fear from some of the scientists and people working there that they might accidentally ignite the atmosphere. Mm. Which, granted, would have ended the war. Mm. But <laughs> wow. Yeah. Luckily, that, is, that is a real fear. Yeah, luckily it didn't happen, but it was... A, it was a concern that was like lauds like, hey, hold on. <laughs> we might be causing Armageddon here. Make sure you don't do that. Can you imagine working on a team like that where it's like, okay, if we open this can of worms, yeah, we could completely destroy a planet. Mm-hmm. That must have been terrifying. Oh, yeah. Well, um, J. Robert Oppenheimer, uh, one of the lead people working on it, when they first tested it, he is quoted as saying... I am become death, the story of worlds, which is an older quote from like a Hindu text, but it's basically like the idea that the cat's out of the bag now. Right. We built it. We're not going to just forget that this happened. You know, people are going to use it. And sort of during the Cold War later on, that was a big concern between like these two superpowers. They both have a stockpile of these things. They're both becoming way more devastating. And now third parties, other countries are getting them and like, the idea was, this is jumping ahead a bit, but the idea was that, like, we trusted the Soviets to not blow up the world because we thought, well, they're smart enough not to do that. But North Korea, wherever, you know, some other uh, country, they might actually use yeah, it. There's so. no getting that cat back in the bag once yeah. it's out. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a real fascinating yeah. cat turning point in history. But that, that specific thing I want to yeah. talk about because that was a, I guess not really a prediction so much as a concern, but it yeah. was... When I thought like, oh, that actually does kind yeah, of make it's sense. more legitimate. Time. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was interesting. So I'm going to head to my lifetime or near my lifetime. Have you heard of Heaven's Gate? That sounds familiar to me. It, was it a cult? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were a doomsday cult. I think they weren't that well known until... Were they like in the 70s or 80s? In the 90s. In the 90s. Oh, okay. They more recent. committed mass suicide. Oh, um, and that's kind of what put them in the news. Cause were they an like, American? Oh, yeah, they're in America. They're like in Texas or whatever. Was this the Waco, Texas? Thing? No, no, no. Oh. This is a, that's a different cult. Okay. Um, oh, I can't remember what the name of that cult was. All I sir, remember is Waco and yeah. David, somebody. Yeah. Well, basically there was 39 members in this, in this group. They mm. were pretty friends. They all had saved heads and dressed identical and stuff. It was kind of combining Kristen symbology and iconology and stuff you know like um messiah and second coming and that stuff and it was also combining like ufo things like space aids whatever it was very strange Mm. the guy who founded it was named barcel applewhite i can't remember if that was his birthday or not but he was an odd bird uh he he fancied himself the messiah Mm. he founded it with his wife and when C got cancer, passed away, he had to, like, explain that, basically, because they're supposed to be space Jesuses and he can't do that. It's like a whole very, it's a very fascinating subject. It's very weird and it's very sad what happened. It it really is. It's uh, things like that. I, I want to believe that the guy was not just trying to, you know, be weird and out there to gain followers to kill them. Like, I don't... Well, he committed suicide with them. Well, that's what I'm saying is I think that these people, the cult leaders, I would hope, I mean, I... Strangely to hope, but just what I'm saying is that that it's coming from a place of mental illness and not 
outright intent to harm. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't make the outcome any better. It no, just, yeah. I, I, I think this was just a case of a guy who had some mental issues and I don't know if he's Chris Mack or what, but he managed to get a small following. Yeah, some people are seeking something. Mm-hmm. So what happened was in the 90s, I can't remember the exact year, Halibop, the comet, it passed by so a couple of comments in this <laughs> this huh. episode, but they got it into their heads that the spaceship that was going to take the ball up to heaven or whatever was hiding behind the comet, mm. and Earth was about to be recycled, which is a polite term to say destroyed. But mm-hmm. and so they're like, oh, okay, we'll you know off ourselves basically, and we'll go up into the spaceship, and it's crazy. It's wow. absolutely crazy. Wow, but uh. It was interesting. They um they actually recorded like filmed a video beforehand, saying goodbye and being oh all my very. Gosh. It's very it's a really fascinating story. Yeah, it was weird. Before we move on, well, lastly, that was kind of funny how that cult made their money and kind of were sufficient. Yeah, a lot of them were into web design. You're kidding? And I'm not. Like they just design websites. And in fact, the Heaven's Gate official website is still up and running to this day. No kidding. Yeah, I don't know who's paying for it. If it's this auto computer that's been left on or what, you know, I don't know how that. <laughs> or just it's out there in the web. So yeah, how do, nobody took it down but or somebody's got to be hosting that. Yeah. How? But it, it's still up. How there's bizarre. A, there's a lot of websites that are like that that are just abandoned. Like So I'm, I'm just kind of reflecting on what, yeah, I, I hear what you said about abandoned websites. That's mm-hmm. true. It's like literally, it's like cyber garbage. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. But just trying to wrap my head around people who work on websites. I mean, I can see kind of the connection to space, you know, <laughs> aliens or whatever, because uh, yeah. that seems more, I don't know, technology and space kind of go more together. But when you said, when you asked how they make their money, I was thinking, hmm, like pot. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, some, something that you would grow some that was psychedelic thing. It's something, yeah. yeah. You know, it's something that would be natural or whatever, but no. I, I did, I, that came, that hit me out of left field. Yeah, no, they were, they were strays butts. It was really interesting though. So th- this is another kind of more lighthearted example. It's kind of funny. June 6, 2006. Number oh, of the beast. Okay. Again. It's, yeah. kind of, it's pretty silly. Like, I think that's just like like throwing something out there. Oh, six, oh, six, oh, six. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, let's see what sticks, yeah. Yeah. And then finally, like kind of the, um, not creme de la creme, but like the more recent one that was a big deal and that made news, Harold Camping. Do you know who, have you heard of him? I've heard you mention Harold Camping before. Yes, I've talked about, I've definitely talked about it before. So he was the CEO and founder of Family Radio. Which in its time was like the was either the biggest or one of the biggest Christian media empire things. They had a lot of radio stations. He had like a um like a show where he could sit there talk about scripture and stuff. It was a radio network. I'm not sure if it was televised. I think it was just a radio network, but it was very popular. It got like millions of people mm. tuning into it. It was founded in 1959. I think it's still around, though. It's a bit different now because of this. 
there's like three founders and the other two got too old to stop camping from saying crazy stuff <laughs> <laughs> because he was an older guy at this point. This was 2011 in case I did a bit of that. Okay. So it started in 59 and he was one of the founders. But yeah. And in 2011, he made this okay. prediction. and he said it was a very suspect math. It was very complicated. I'm not going to repeat it. Yeah. But basically he was adding up a lot of numbers <laughs> that he found in the Bible. Um, till they, till they came out to be whatever they, he wanted yeah, it to be. Yeah. He claimed that, the rapture was coming May 21st, 2011 at 6 p.m. Wow, very specific. <laughs> and it would be by time zone. So that like, <laughs> the yeah, so basically rapture happened. We'd all go whoop, up to space, heaven. Not that many, like a couple thousand people. Uh, and uh, uh, then tidal waves would happen and it would wreck the earth going by time zone at 6. Oh uh, my gosh. And yeah, it was, it was crazy wow <laughs> it was crazy and keep in mind not the first time he predicted the other world either really really in um uh september 6 1994 he made a similar claim but for whatever reason that wasn't his math was wrong uh, <laughs> well yeah i did what happened obviously but it wasn't like i guess enough to financially ruin him <laughs> well what happened was, somehow he was able to keep going what happened was and the reason why this was um Reason why I think he believed this, like Miller, was that he bought thousands of billboards across the country saying this stuff. Mm. He sold off radio stations to make money to spread the word. He had buses of volunteers, people who bought into it, wow. who go around, put up flyers. Was this the ninety four one or the two thousand eleven one? Okay, Excuse so me. he yeah. he like invested. He he invested mm -hmm. a lot of money. In making sure people knew about it. Yes, and Family Radio got most of its money from donations. They had other income sources, but a lot of it was donations. Mm. Not so much after this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of people who bought into this started maxing out their credit cards, started selling all their stuff, started like, like there's one family, I don't remember what that name, but there's one family, might have been like, Ramsey, I can't remember. They basically pulled their kids out of school and went on a road trip to sightsee all of like the locations in America because wow. they thought they wouldn't get a chance to afterwards. <sighs> so much money wasted yeah. on that, by the Life way. Life-changing decisions they, yeah, being made. Because they thought like, well, it won't matter because <laughs> in a few months we're not going to be here. So who cares? <laughs> Um, oh, like gosh. people were straight up all their retirement money. It was this, it was a nightmare. And there must be still, that was 2011. This yeah. is 10 years later. There might still be people who are recovering from that prediction. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the, um, the news agency, like mainstream media news caught wind of it because it was this massive campaign to get this word out. And they started talking about it, not in a serious, like, you know, the end is die theme, but more of just say, this is funny. Let's talk about this. <laughs> a lot of, um, not just atheists or, or agnostics, but a lot of other Christians and religious people were like, no, that's not how that works. They had a real beef with him. And it was, it was so shocking. When the day rolled around, he camping, that is, he stayed home. He did come out because he was like, in quiet contemplation, uh -huh. waiting for six o'clock. <laughs> the next day, uh, he didn't sew up for his um his sew. He was fine, but well, physically, but he was really his words were bewildered. I think 
a lot of people were really disappointed and really upset and felt betrayed by yeah. it. By the time he um, came back onto his show, he had a new prediction. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. For like October 2011 or so. And at that point, a lot of people were fed up with him. Yeah. You know, uh, his show was, it's interesting because like there's recordings of in this in between period uh, where like, He's on his show taking calls and people are like, you know, upset at him. They're like, if I was there, I'd slap you or what, you know, I spent so much money on, you know. And uh, eventually he had to admit that, like, he was wrong. No one can know the time or day. He said, I'm a sinner. I've sinned. I, you know, I made a mistake. Wow. Um, now, if he was very sincere and that's what he thought and he missed that scripture that says nobody can know that. So he went ahead and perpetuated this idea and broadcasted and I don't want to say recruited, but you know, spread the word. Recruited is a good word for it. So he completely believed this. Can you imagine how odd that would feel at seven o'clock? You know, when yeah. nothing happened, it'd be like oh, I mean, yeah. I don't know, like you almost feel like your insides would just cave in just from the anticipation and mm -hmm. letdown. One of the one of his followers, I can't remember his name, it was something Patrick or whatever. He was like a retiree former government employee guy, he was so confident that this would happen. He And there's footage of this online. You can have footage of this. He went down to Times Square because he lived in New York and in front of a crowd of people just to show them that, look, it's going to happen. And of course it didn't. And <gasps> it's it's really, it's funny, one, but it's also very heartbreaking because he could tell he is just so bewildered and confused and the people are very unforgiving. Like, their mm. kinds just making fun of him. Mm -hmm. At one point, someone gave him, like, the bunny ears. And I'm uh, like, that's just, that's just mean. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. He campied, Harold campied. He um, passed away 2013. He, I think, fell down some stairs or something like wow. that, you know. He was old, an older guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just a crazy thing. The one thing that is definitely a remnant of that and still around, there is a business... I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically if you believe you're going to be raptured, we'll look after your pets for you. <laughs> that started. That was one of the things that started at the time. And oh, um, they're still around. So I'm like, hey, that's making crazy. money. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's really nuts. Yeah. Well, that's capitalism for you. I guess. I'm like, hey, it's the last no one's getting hurt, I guess. Yeah. The last one we're going to talk about real briefly, and then we're going to wrap up 2012. It's crazy. A year later, I don't think there's any connection, but like, it's pretty funny. I remember when this was a thing. I don't remember camping. I remember 2012. <laughs> and that's why I want it on there. Cause I'm like, well, if I remember it, it's not really history at that point. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's a little too recent. Um, there was a lot of talk and speculation and internet memes. There's internet memes with camping too, but there's memes here where like the world was going to end 2012. I don't know really where it came from. I believe the commonly held thought is that the Mayan calendar reset in 2012, which is reset in the past. That's like not a new thing. And it wasn't that they thought the world would end then. It's just that's just when their calendar ended. <laughs> and then they started next, you know, yeah, because um, of the way their calendar worked. Uh. <laughs> so that there is just suspect yeah. um that was a pretty big thing i do remember yeah quite a bit for, for was, some time about i was pretty disappointed uh <laughs> well not because i expected anything to happen but i thought hey i'm pretty bored you know i was in um <laughs> high school at the time and i was your um, favorite place to be right and i remember because i was 
this is like it, where I was at the time, it was early in the morning, like still dark out. And I was waiting outside for my drama class to open because it had doors to the outside because it was drama class <laughs> and it had to be different anyways. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, nothing happened. I got bored. And it's like, no, I thought I saw a UFO. Pretty sure it was a plane. So yeah, it's like, no, <laughs> nothing happened. Yeah. It was just kind of a funny, um, some overexcited people jumped on it, which I think is true for a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure why I picked this topic other than it's very amusing and interesting to me. And, um, Oh, no, I just thought it would be a fun thing to chat about. Yeah, I think it is. Now, I know you only touched on some of them, but do you know how many, like... Oh, hundreds. 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 I had no idea there were hundreds of end-of-the-world predictions. Yeah, and some of them are a little tricky because, like I talked about with camping and Miller, when the first one did come true, they made a new one. So it's like, do you count those as two? Do you count those as one? Yeah, because it's one guy. Yeah. No, um... I mentioned at the beginning something about Y2K, the year 2000. Oh, yes, I forgot to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, no, that's that. okay, because I don't know if we have time or not, but that was a really, that was a, a big one, and it was just based on the fact that the computers mm-hmm. weren't prepared to take in. Yeah, a lot of people were concerned that, like, the year 2000, because it's been 19 mm-hmm. or 18, or, you know, like, 19. not even 18, yeah, yeah. 19XX mm-hmm. for so long and that's kind of how they were made that they thought that like there was worry that the two zero in front of it would mess up everything and yeah. it would cause civilization to collapse yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Systems would break down. Yeah. And- if there was any issues, uh, cause I, I honestly, I was like four when that happened, mm-hmm. it wasn't enough to cause a problem. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just, but one we, of those there things. were a lot of people who were buying, you know, uh, stocking up on food. Yeah. I mean, reasonable people who were, you know, mm-hmm. afraid that, we wouldn't be able to go buy food and it was odd. Yeah. Well, it's like a similar thing in, in my memory kind of happens when the government would shut down for like a week or whatever, uh-huh. a few days. And there's usually you hear at least like one story of someone it's like tried to, you know, stock up on cans or, you know, it's like, I don't think that's how that works, but okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. concerned. I can't be too <laughs> like up on them for, be the concerned citizen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, as we covered earlier, it is good to be prepared. It you is, know, it if is. you live no, in somewhere is. where there's ice storms or hurricanes or tornadoes, you got to have some. You got to yeah, watch just, out for yourself. Yeah, just audio off chance. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. Know. It's funny to me. It's interesting to me, and like the inner because I have an, a great interest in psychology, as you know this about me. It's just interesting to me. You know, I think it's really fascinating too. And you yeah. did a great job telling oh, telling that's, the story of. It's uh, <laughs> really nice of you to say. I'm glad we're still here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, uh, if there is a happy note to end on this, despite all those poor people who ended up losing all their money and stuff, but doing like you know campings thing. debacle. <laughs> a debacle. That's a good word for it. It's currently 2021. We're still here. <laughs> we're all good. <laughs> World hasn't ended. Yet, so yeah. hey, I I drink to that. Yeah, that's right, and that means that we're probably going to be here next week. Probably. So, what yeah. is the next episode? Next, <laughs> smooth. I you like are. it. Uh, so, next episode, I'm glad you brought us up. Uh, it's a little different. We're going to have a guest over. Oh, yeah. He wanted to. Right. He's he's loving our podcast and would want to to sit in for an episode. So that's going to be real fun. So it's going to be me and. My uncle, your brother, mm-hmm. David, and we're going to be talking about Ernest Hemingway, who's 
like one of the most interesting people in history. Yeah, that's that's very cool. I'm looking forward to that like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners, we're so glad that you're able to join us for this failed end of the world <laughs> predictions episode. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Confucius once said, study the past if you would define the future. You've been listening to the History Slices podcast with Jacob and Rachel. We hope you've gotten some useful information from the show. We hope we made you think, and we hope you were entertained. We know we had fun, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook at History Slices and on Instagram at History Slices Podcast. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show, and tell a friend about the show. That'll help us out, too. One more quote before we go from Michael Crichton. If you don't know history, then you don't know anything. You are a leaf that doesn't know it's part of a tree. Till next time, this is History Slices, signing off.